The constellation Orion is the brightest one in the sky. Orion is also in the night sky during the winter months when it's dark for the most hours. This makes Orion the most recognizable constellation to almost everyone in the world. Most stars don't seem to move too much or change their positions in the sky. This is not because stars are static. It's because our sun is moving along with them at about 483,000 miles per hour. It's a grand parade orbiting together around the Milky Way. The three stars that form the asterism, or star picture, of the belt of Orion have appeared in the same position for many thousands of years. There's a theory that the ancient Egyptians used the belt stars of Orion as a template for the placement of the three pyramids of Giza. The brightest star in Orion's belt is the middle one, called Al-Nilam. That's where the 481-foot-high Great Pyramid of Khufu was placed. To Khufu's west side, and in precise alignment with it, stands the 471-foot-tall Pyramid Khafre. That's exactly where the star Alnitak is directly aligned to the bright middle star of the belt. To Khufu's east side, where the dimmest star of Orion's belt, Mintaka, is slightly offline with the other two stars, is the smallest pyramid of the three. Menkare is 213 feet high and slightly offline from the other two pyramids. This one example serves to illustrate the profound impact that the constellation Orion has had on human history. Orion's heroic-sized figure inspired the ancient Greeks to create a tapestry-like story. It involves six other constellations spread across the winter, spring, and summer sky. Let's see what this story tells us. Orion is pictured as a hunter. Back then, hunting was a big deal. Hunters supplied food. So there's a lot attached to this constellation. The whole food chain, in fact. In the sky, Orion is in combat with the constellation Taurus the bull. Except, Taurus is not really a bull. It's an auroch. Aurochs are extinct now, but they were once plentiful in Europe. Standing six feet tall at the shoulder with long pointed horns, Aurochs were powerful and fearsome creatures. There's a cave in the country of Spain that is filled with gorgeous paintings of Aurochs. These pictures date back to 15,000 years ago, exquisitely drawn with inks that have not faded over the course of 150 centuries. The bulges in the rock stand out in three dimensions as the shoulder muscles of the Aurochs. The constellation of Taurus, the Auroch, is also in the cave, with the famous star clusters, the Pleiades, on its back and the Hyades on its snout. The internet has a thrilling virtual tour of this Cave of the Bulls full of Aurochs. Maybe it should be renamed into the Cave of the Aurochs instead. Recently, the full DNA signature of an Auroch was recovered from a well-preserved Auroch skeleton. And scientists hope to breed these animals back into existence. Good luck and best wishes to this attempt to revive an extinct species. Aldebaran is the bright red giant star that marks the eye of Taurus. Bulls, when angry, always get this blood-in-the-eye look. Does it make you wonder why the bullseye on a dartboard or archery target is always red? Hmm. Creeping up behind Orion is Leo the Lion. Lions don't just live in Africa in times long past. The Cave of the Bulls in Spain has a painting of Leo the Lion. Yep, these prehistoric people were drawing the constellations of the Zodiac. But that's another story for another time. Orion gets rid of both Taurus and Leo. And then the story gets interesting. Orion claims in his moment of triumph, I can defeat any animal I want. Orion's boast becomes the center of this sky drama when Gaia, or Earth, decides to get involved. Orion's words resounded throughout the world. 
This may be at the time in prehistory when civilization was changing from a nomadic hunter-gatherer tribal society to an agrarian society. The latter developed villages and towns 12,000 years ago. The human population was increasing and food supplies were diminishing. Something had to be done about Orion and all the hunters or social development would be stymied. Now enter Gaia into the story, but not into the sky. There is no constellation of Gaia in the sky. Gaia is Earth. Born parentless directly from the elemental chaos, Gaia was the feminine personification of our planet, and the word itself means soil. Brightsiders may be interested in a modern scientific theory that also personifies Earth as a living organism. It's called the Gaia theory. It first appeared in the 1970s. The Gaia theory presents Earth as a biosphere, as if it were alive. The theory claims that all components of the planet work together as one totally interconnected dynamic system. This is called symbiosis, or synergy. Together, they produce the ideal conditions for life. Life adapts to regulate the atmosphere at 21% oxygen, the salinity of the oceans at a maximum of 24.7%, and planetary temperatures at 57 degrees Fahrenheit. To illustrate how life adapts to maintain control of the changes in planetary temperatures, the authors of the Gaia theory created the fictional planet Daisy World. Daisy World is completely covered by white and black daisies. When the sun becomes too hot, the black daisies start disappearing, while the white daisies increase in population. The whiteness of these flowers reflects sunlight, and the planet cools down. If the sun isn't hot enough, the white daisies reduce their population and the number of the black daisies grows. The black flowers absorb sunlight, and the planet warms up. This is Gaia at work. It's basically the same principle that created oxygen and produced the ozone layer in the atmosphere. This layer helps to block the harmful ultraviolet light from the sun. Scientists have been slow to accept the Gaia theory because of the lack of convincing evidence. But these days, we have self-learning AI supercomputers they can probably make it possible to integrate Earth's biological and geological systems. This way, we might get a clear picture of how the planet functions as a self-sustaining biosphere. Huh, wouldn't that be something? Now we can go back to the story of Orion and see how Gaia took care of the problem Orion's boast created for the planet. Obviously, Gaia couldn't send animals fiercer than a lion or an auroch to subdue Orion. So, Gaia went small. She chose a poisonous scorpion to do the job, and it did the job. In the summer, the constellation of the scorpion crawls at almost the same latitude as Orion's foot. The scorpion may be a small animal in the same arachnid family as spiders and ticks, but in the sky, Scorpius is the 33rd largest constellation out of the 88 of them. There is a general rule that the larger a constellation is, the longer ago it was created by early star watchers. They had their pick of stars, first come, first served. And so, they made large constellations first, and little constellations later. By the way, if you were the first in line at a buffet dinner, wouldn't you take big helpings and let the end of the line have the scraps? Think chocolate cake. Oh sure, I'll only take a little piece. Nah, I don't think so. In this story of Orion, we have a collection of large conspicuous constellations, like Leo, Taurus, Orion, and Scorpius, which confirms the great age of the story. Three smaller constellations, Lepus the Hare, Canis Major, and Canis Minor, Orion's two hunting dogs, 
complete the Orion Star Tapestry, and add an interesting subplot. What we have then is a fable of two different worldviews or cosmologies, that of Gaia and that of Orion. One is feminine and the other is classically masculine. One is committed to dominating the natural world, that's the Orion archetype. The other is committed to the survival of the planet against all circumstances, that's Gaia. The two may seem opposed, but perhaps they're meant to be complementary. Look, Orion and the Scorpion are on the opposite sides of the sky, one in the winter, the other in the summer. They act like two poles, north and south, of the same magnet, our planet. This is what we see happening these days. Science and technology are becoming more and more sensitive to the natural environment. Myriads of satellites are monitoring the biosphere of Earth. Gaia and Orion are starting to work together toward what the ancient Greeks called Kalokagathia, or harmony. That's what we call synergy and symbiosis these days. Let's keep that synergy going strong.